We're talking about cations, anions, and untying nutrition. And you're saying, what? This is a little complex. You know what? It's frankly too complex for me too, but that's what we're covering in this edition of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. More than just a podcast, it's the place for insights and information you can apply immediately to your farming operation for increased success. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Ag Explorer with innovative products that improve fertilizer efficiency, protect yield potential, and reduce stress. Ag Explorer helps growers maximize field potential. Find out how Ag Explorer can help you get more out of your crop at agexplorer.com. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. All right, hey there, welcome to another fantastic example of extreme ass cutting the curve. I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out on the table right now. They're over my head. This is entirely over my head. Uh, I was a decent student, but I got like C's in chemistry. It's just something that's always been a little too out there, a little too difficult to grasp for me. But we're talking about cations, anions, and untying nutrition. There I am at Chad Henderson's farm uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm talking to Molly with AgriLiquid, and she explained base saturation. And I thought, okay, this is pretty interesting to me. And she talked about a parking lot. A parking lot has so many parking spaces. And at a certain point, it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to make that parking lot any larger, and there's going to be cars driving around. And she says, now think about soil chemistry. I'm like, oh, negative ions, positive ions, and the fact that then this stuff you can't tie up, can't find a place to park. It still is a little over my head, but it made more sense then. So I got Mike Evans with Integrated Ag Solutions and uh, Garrett at Land and Cattle. He's an agronomist up there with Kelly Garrett. And I got Chad Henderson, who was at that very discussion about base saturation in the parking lot. And he's just about as equally confused as me. And we're talking about untying the nutrition because the really the reality is we're not trying to give you a chemistry degree here. We're trying to make sure that you can get the nutrition into your plants from your soil and you might have problems with your cation anion balance. I think that's what I'm trying to get to. Evans, am I even on the right path here? Yeah, you're getting there. You're getting on the freeway anyways. You're on the on-ramp. Yeah. All right. All right. So when we start, before we hit the record button, we said, let's not get too, uh, let's not get too into the periodic table here. What do we got going on? What do I, what do I need to know? What's the big picture on all this? So if you look at the soil, you know, if you take an acre of what it weighs a million pounds, there's a lot of mineral in that soil. Um, we've done a lot of total nutrient digestions on soil Kelly's soil. You know, you could have, 40,000 pounds of phosphorus or 40,000 pounds of this or that but each each element's got their own charge so it could be positive negative phosphorus phosphate is negative so it's a three negative so it's it's a very strong negative charge and you got your positives which are calcium magnesium we obviously we talk about those often but everything in in nature wants to get neutral are balanced so there's attractions positive negative that will bind stuff and uh, to molly's point there is only so many spaces out out in that soil parking lot for things to attach to otherwise either if they don't attach to them they leach and fall off nitrogen's always at least in iowa for last 10 years has been a big deal with nitrogen running off into water and stuff like that so you know if it doesn't have a home to park in it's gone and it, it'll find a place to leave. So um, we deal with a lot here. I'm sure Chad does, has his own struggles down there in, in Alabama. Um, but that's, that's the, my 10 second elevator speech. So 
So do you think the reason that's the reason that they're building more parking lots down here around Huntsville? <laughs> because, <laughs> because because we have the all right, so answer me to this. Um, like I said, nobody here is uh is uh you know a chemistry PhD, but we also know this. We know that we have always thought the answer is fling fertilizer out there, fling fertilizer. In the last few years, thank goodness, and through the work that we're doing with, you know, Extreme Ag, et cetera, and some of our business partners, we're like, you might have enough fertilizer. Kelly says all the time, I think we got enough fertilizer. Now it's the next thing. And that's what the biologicals and then some of these stress mitigations and plant growth regulars, et cetera. But also it's understanding that balance. You know, Evan just said that phosphorus is a three negative. You know, it, everything wants to be neutral. Everything wants to get to neutral. And so we've been flinging fertilizer out there with complete disregard to the fact that you're working against yourself. And I think that's one of the big pictures here is that we've we've wasted money, time and effort working against soil chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. You know, phosphorus is a good one. You know, there's plenty of studies uh, out there. If you put out MAP or DAP, you're probably only going to get maybe less, maybe 20% if you're really good of that phosphorus. If you're just flinging it out there available in the first year. And it and it's a slow release. They don't move, and a lot of that's due to its charge and the opposite charges in the soil. You know, you got iron, you got aluminum. A lot of people don't talk about. They're going to attract phosphate. You know, and calcium's going to attract it. You're going to have all these strong bonds that phosphate ties up to that will allow that fertilizer, that investment dollar, which phosphorus is probably one of your more expensive nutrient investments out there and you're putting it out there and it's instantly tied up because you got you know like up here we got we're high in iron higher in aluminum and though they don't hurt the crop they're in the soil so they're binding sites for that phosphorus and and you know you know to take that point you know this is something like hey we used to throw out fertilizer but it's the advancements that we've made to learn these things, you know, and, and, and I don't know if anybody, you know, and, and, you know, we talked about this before we got on here that, well, I don't know if we'll ever know it all, Mike, you know, it's a learning curve and we figured out on our own farms, like what we're trying to do with extreme ag. And these are the pieces that we tie in when we use certain products to make things more available. And that's what we're trying to unlock and untie when we start. And this is when we start working in zones. You know, whether it's in a strip till, whether it's in a planter load, whether it's an inferro or two by two deal. And that's where we can concentrate these particular um, things to make it to where we have that zone available, you know, because we can't go out there and just start trying to fix the whole farm because we're still learning how to fix the zone. Um, question for either of you. So it was a thing, you know, starting 50 years ago, whatever, the first time I started paying attention about uh, nitrogen volatility. That was the big thing. And now we've got so much we're understanding and we're trying to control environmental uh, uh, degradation and talking about not letting our nitrogen get away. Is that nitrogen, Evans? Did it? We were throwing nitrogen every which way we could because that's how we thought we grew corn. Were we throwing it out there and we... Was it going away just because we didn't understand the chemistry? Like it, it wasn't that we were being wasteful. It wasn't. It was that it was. It was trying to neutralize. Is that why nitrogen goes away? Why it volatilizes? Why it runs away? Is it because it's seeking neutral? Oh, great question. Uh, in some aspects, yeah. Um, you know, we always treated, at least in here in Iowa, over my years, we treated you know nitrogen as a need of like 
well, if I'm going to put, if I need 150 pounds, I'm going to put 170 pounds out just because I want that insurance policy. Yeah. Nobody wants yellow corn in July. So that's, that's been always the mentality and it's been affordable and stuff like that. So guys, you know, it wasn't, that investment was cheap in their mind. They're cheap insurance. Right. So, um, but to some degree, yeah, I mean, depending on what form you're putting out on there, um, yeah, it's seeking neutral. It's seeking somewhere. I mean, nitrate was a big thing we got in the Des Moines River and it flowed in the water. Well, and it's a negative charge. If it don't have any place to go, it's finds water and it disappears. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's trying to find a place to bond. Um, the other thing you got to think about and things we're learning too, and been learning for a while, really, you know, is the organic matter, at least up here in our soils, are, it's such a can be depending on the year such a great uh nitrogen fixer i mean mm-hmm. we can get free ammonia uh turns into ammonium and and uh, which is a positive charge opposite of the nitrate which is a negative charge so um we the soil will produce its own nitrogen because of the microbial activity so which is unique to some of the other nutrients so to speak and because uh, it'll pull atmospheric in out and 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 turn things into it. Hey, and thus, uh, it's why it's why it's brought us in from working all the ground up to strip teal to no teal, you know. And those are the things we're trying to combat in this positive negative ions, and then trying to keep our rivers clean and and everything else we do as farmers, which has brought us to the most efficient efficient point. But we had to get to where we're learning what's available and what's not available before we can figure out which rabbit hole we're going to chase. Hey, Chad, I got exactly. a question for you. Uh, Kelly brought it up uh, in a past recording. He said, I think we're going to find out that there's not as many depleted soils as there are imbalanced soils. So take this the right way. And you farm ground that <clears throat> you farm ground that's a little different than he has. But also, uh, you know, it's the old thing about, oh, well, I took on this f- property that uh, the prior tenant mined it. You know, we hear that all the time. Is it really true that it's mined, or has Kelly got a, a real uh, point there to be made? Maybe it's not depleted as much as it's imbalanced. And that goes to this complete thing we're talking about, untying nutrition by getting it balanced with your cation and your anion exchange. You know, it's a long way from Alabama to Iowa. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of different soil types and dirt composures and, and depths of soil and topsoil all the way between here and there. But but Kelly is right on that aspect of what we're doing. You know, you've heard me talk about farm the ground that we're going to lose due to industry and us pulling the reins back on fertility and figuring out how to get the most out of it. And then when we start pulling those samples, we start having eye open experiences that we're not pulling near what we thought we was pulling. You know, like, oh, we know we need this many pounds to grow a bushel of corn. So we think, well, this many pounds is going to leave. And when we pull a sample, guess what? It comes back and it's, and it's what Evans with 20, 25% of what we thought we was taking out of the soil. We're taking that much less out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's because things are coming more available. It's because the organic matter Evans was talking about. It's because of, of things that are getting put back into the soil, you know, the stover, you know, um, so all those things break down and you have to take those into consideration, but it's all about balance. So you can have soils that were depleted. Yes, those are out there. We know those are out there. But our family farms, the one that farmers have been on and one farmers have raised families on, those those are not farms that's depleted. Those are farms that people's had to take care of because it's their way of living. So I don't know if I danced around that question or answered it or what. 
<laughs> All right, Lynn, I'll, you, you did you did fine. Okay, uh, Evans, I had a question for you. Um, you spoke about the phosphorus being a hugely negative charge, um, and then you talk about calcium magnesium being a positive charge. We had uh, Kelly on here, uh, and he talked a lot about using calcium products to uh, because he's got tons of calcium in the soil, but it's not working uh for him so he puts calcium you guys put calcium to the thing is it just because of that negative positive thing is that why it's not working i mean you don't have a shortage of calcium you just have to use calcium in products because of the untying it yes yeah i mean so you may have calcium in the soil test but you may not you probably don't have available calcium that's the things we run into what's the plant seeing what are the roots seeing what can it take up and your basic soil test will show you how much is exchangeable. So basically, layman terms, that's that's a dollar for a dollar type thing. I mean, it's just a they take it in the lab and they do a strong acidic reaction with it to see what falls off that 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 soil colloid, so to speak. So you know how much is the chemistry exchangeable. Well, the, to some degree, a lot of it actually, the, the the plant doesn't see that. That's not what it's going to pull up a lot of the times. So I mean. We've done enough work, you know, one ex test examples of the Haney extraction um, that we've used that gives a little more uh, plant available look at, at things and you can see the percentages change. And I recommend guys to do that on their farms is do all these tests once and just see what you got. Cause it's, it's a little eye-opening when you go from a total nutrient digestion to see how much total min mineral you got sitting in the soil to your last, your basic lab exchangeable soil test and you go to these um haney test would be the easiest one most common of a more water water soluble extraction to what the plant's more likely to see and take up and see how how, how that changes it'll open your eyes um so when we talk we got you know between the hills and the bottoms here it's either calcium or magnesium they're dominating the soil typically and you run into issues of that's all you see and it dominates the soil calcium is a big bully so to speak it's a big strong positive double positive and it'll take up that colloid so it 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 doesn't allow anything else to happen magnesium is probably the easiest one to explain because it'll turn everything to concrete you know we go over the Missouri river bottom you know they got 25 to 30 percent base magnesium so you could disc it one day and three hours later it'd be like a parking lot i mean it'll just tighten up so fast it'll make your head spin so um, yeah that's that's the interesting thing that we're talking about is that we always think that you know in the old days your soil type or maybe the organic matter or this kind of thing we never really thought about the chemistry we just thought oh well you know that's that kind of ground that's kind of and it's, it's not it's because of the chemistry you're talking about we never thought about it's just really chemistry sometimes that ground we say oh that's crappy Evan just said, yeah, man, it's like concrete. It's chemistry. So, so, you know, I know you could probably claim to this, Damien. You know, you, you ever had farming, you was riding around in your dad's truck, you know, back when you was younger. And he's like, well, you know, well, that looks good. Well, you know, son, that's a piece of dirt right there. Just It just never works. Like, I don't know why they can't, you know, and it's not the farmer. It's just like, well, that piece of that farm right there, it just, it just never has done right. Like, it never works. You know, and at the age, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's note to self. Don't ever try to buy that farm. No, it's just that imbalance. And that's what we didn't know any better then, you know. And Evans knows what I'm, I mean, y'all both y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, it's like you're riding around the truck like, man, that just, you know, and 
and they've done a great job with it. Everything you would have done or farms that you have, you know. So those are the imbalances that we're trying to, I guess, learn and cut through these days, you know, as, as where we're at in farmers and trying to be more efficient with a fertility. And, and this, I'm telling you, man, it is definitely eye opening. And when you start pulling the tests, like Evan's talking about from the Haney test to regular soil test, you know, and then we're getting into, you know, even the tissue sampling part to tie in with that, or, you know, we're talking about these full, um, stalk tests, you know, it's just it, everything starts making you start scratching your head. You know what you think you knew, you, you didn't know so much of. Yeah. So, uh, Mike Evans, question for you: We've gotten way better at this, you know, just in your in your career, uh, you know, from the time you started to today. Um, about looking at the chemistry, is it is it almost like eye opening? Like, hey we always thought we had no nutrition there and what we really had was an imbalance situation. I mean, is it that evident? Like do people, when you get together with other soil types, do they like soil agronomy types? Do they say, yeah, man, boy, we sure come a long way. We used to just throw fertility at it and it was never a fertility issue. Uh, not really. No, no, we don't talk about things like in that terms. I mean, it, it's, Wait a minute. Old. When you get together with your other agronomy types, what the hell do you talk about? <laughs> How yeah, good Chad anons, Henderson corn looks. Anons, anons, anons. <laughs> talk about whether who's going to buy the next round of Bush Light. Is that what you really talk about? More right. likely, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you if my if we sit down, my buddies, if me and Mike sit down and we talk talking about cations, I'm going to get up and leave. Yeah, right. Like, right. Back home. <laughs> okay. So uh, the good the good news is the people are tuning in here to listen but, to what we're saying about canines. But, but you know, I got a question for both of y'all. You know, when we when we're having this conversation, so Mike, you know, you come from retail, and I mean, you, you know, you you've been in this world. When did you know? And I can kind of remember. And I think it's toward the, maybe the front to the start of my farming career. You know, as as farmers, it just was it because fertilizer was cheaper. I mean, was it, but then at the same time, you know, we were selling beans for four or five bucks, you know, $8 was a big deal. So commodities were down, corn was $2. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, where did this come from? Because I feel like the ratio from what we're getting for the crop to the fertility, it still isn't far off, mm-hmm. you know, from where we've always been. But where did this come from, y'all? Like where we're so now active because I, we never heard this 15 years ago. That's what I was trying to ask Evans, and instead he went down the road of, no, I don't sit around with my buddies drinking beer and talk about this stuff. I was basically asking the question that Chad just asked. Where was this discussion 20 years ago? Non-existent. Because Evans Evan started in, you know, was it Nutrient Ride, Evans, that she was with, you know? And... Oh, I've been to different places yeah. that have been in retail. And I you just, it's a good question. I don't, I think a lot of it came from the universities. And that's the the path they took, you know, and nothing yeah. wrong with what they took. I mean, there, there was a need for it at the time. It, and I think, you know, as, as an industry and as a, as a, just a society, our ability to uh, be America and do things faster, cheaper, bigger. I mean, it's always been the way, right. And it, yeah. you just, I'd like, you know, to that point of that question is you look at the mine system, the rail system and everything else, and look what that, that explosion equated to this, right? We needed to move it, felt like potash and nitrogen or things we needed, phosphates. So we scaled that up and made it more affordable for the farmer to use. And at the time back then, 
we saw a response from it, maybe because some of that soil was depleted to that point. But we've, we've, as a farmer does what a farmer does, has done it really well and gotten to the point where the, the, law diminishing return sets in right i mean we can put more out there but we're the, the value is not as strong as it was 15 years ago i remember putting on potash at 100 pound guys were getting great yields but we also had a data group that you know once you got past a certain point your bushel response was you know wasn't returning you that dollar and i think to, to the aspect of as an industry we've gotten to that point where we don't need to be putting on all this potash because we've supplied the soil enough. Now we're trying to balance it. And that's to me from a 30,000 foot view, that's, that's what I see. So uh, like I said, about five years ago, now four years ago, four to five years ago, I was going to prove that theory, Mike, just what you talked about. And so I go out there and I take a yield map or a coverage map, an applied map, if you will, fertility applied map, and I said, I want to make this map, this is on a farm we own, I want to make this map where the, the spreader truck is running the whole time. So to do that with our fertility where it was on that farm, I had to go to an 850 bushel yield goal. Okay, so I did it. And I did it on a small area. We had like a 10 acre deal and I did it. 1,400 pounds to the acre of fertility. You know, and it was, like I said, between two telephone poles down to strip through the field. I said, okay, let's just see what happens. So the next year, nothing. That year, nothing. You know, pull soil samples, oh, it's going to be great in two years. Guess what? Nothing. <laughs> then we pull back and we get, now we're five years later. We can't find it on a yield map. We can't find it on a soil map. So cations, anions, dumping fertility out. It's got, like I said, it's all about the balance. And this is what Mike was talking about is us trying to get this thing back together and farmers doing farmers 20 years ago and us down here, you know, even in the cotton business. And you could just literally, I can remember in the seventies and eighties, folks just go out there and turn the ground white with fertility. And then you'd make two, you know, you could make cotton. So those days and us being efficient, those days are over, you know, Uh Um, and, and us trying to do better for farmers and, and do better with our money and trying to make a living and, and this is why we're talking about cations and anions now. And <laughs> none of us would know educate. Well, Mike's education, me and Damien sitting here like, okay. Yeah, well, I, well, a- I agree that the whole thing is, this is the kind of the new frontier. I mean, understanding soil biology is a new frontier. Yeah, We never talked about soil biology in the old days. And I'm talking old days, even 10 or 15 years ago, we didn't talk about soil biology. Now no, we're truly five years ago, we come in here, five years ago, we come in here and it was almost like the wild, wild west biology was, wasn't it, Mike? You know what I mean? There's no way to, change, there's no way to regulate <laughs> it. Just say you got it and you can sell it. You know yep. Well, back yeah, to you're Chad. Talking, by the way, Chad, you're talking about products, but the reality is I'm even talking about the understanding of it. You know, you pick up a shovel full of soil. There's a whole bunch of living organisms in there. We still don't. We know as much about the we, Mars we as thought, we know about soil. We thought if we got that shovel full and had a bunch of worms in it, we didn't have a good fishing day. We didn't know our soil was in good shape. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I want to go back to Chad's point quick and, and kind of clarify that too, because we did it at Kelly's. We put we banded in 300 pounds in the fall and came back in the spring. This is four or five years ago here out the bottom outside the shop and put another 300 pounds banded on here. Cause we felt that's what we needed to raise 400 some bushel of corn, whatever we're trying to shoot for. So it really jacked up the potassium levels in that soil. Well, by doing that, actually we've reversed the magnesium load in the soil and 
we've created another issue because I can watch our potassium numbers skyrocket in our tissues right away. Magnesium, magnesium numbers suffer. And then it, what'll happen is later season our potash is because it becomes unbalanced again and, and, and it creates another issue. So by doing that, we've created an issue chasing a, a, a singular thing. So, I mean, to your point, Chad, I, we've, I've seen that out here and, and yeah, I echo your thoughts. And, 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 until you, and until you can do that on your own farm and then you understand that the money you're putting in and, and I mean, we're not here bashing dry fertility, no. you know, we're not here talking about like, oh, we can't use dry fertility. No, we're using too much and we've done it. No, we're just trying to better understand the process in which dry fertility needs to be used. All right. Yeah. Now, and to that point, that yeah. And, and, you know, you know, like Kelly's farms, we've taken some potash out of that rotation for now until we better understand how to use it and where to use it and or what form to use potassium in. Phil, we got enough around here for, for us to learn some things and go from there. So to and probably burn exactly, and we probably got enough for them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that to your point, Chad, that's that's you're right on there as well. Untying nutrition, that's the other thing that we said we we're going to talk about. So what's the thing that you've learned, Chad, in the last five years about untying nutrition, uh, you know, realizing that, okay, there's a better way. Um, we have ample fertility. Now I just got to make sure I'm untying it so it gets up in those plants. What's one of the things you've learned in the last five years about untying nutrition? So, so, you know, you brought up excellent point. This is a good one to put that in, you know, and, and we're going, we're not going to just jump on a product train here. But Titan XC, you know, we'd done that trial last year, and I called Mike. You know, Mike was running my numbers for me. And and he was like, man, is this is this right? You know, Mike, it was pretty eye-opening what we were seeing down there. And this is something, you know, and, and we're just talking about a product. This is something that's 10 years old. This is 11, 10, 11, 12-year-old product here. This is not cutting mm -hmm. curve, cutting edge. <laughs> but us as farmers, you know, we get so – we get so focused on what we're talking about with the NP and K and just putting out fertility and well, let's use less and let's put on these products. Well, you know, my dad in the, those years when it started, everything that wouldn't NP and K was labeled a snake oil. Right. You right. know, and, and y'all know this. So we've had to cross that bridge of understanding what a product does, such as, you know, uh, the products we use to make plants more available and understanding too that oh it's just not an added deal to my budget because you know we have a fertility budget we have a seed budget we have a herbicide budget on these farms and on these acres so we got to understand where this product fits in and then cutting that out of the fertility side cutting a product out that you're going to put on a seed coating out of the seed side and bringing the population down because it's all a balance of budget as well as nutrients and to understand those products and say like, okay, I'm gonna use Titan XC, Accomplished Max, a NutriCharge, you know, a Prevent NXT, you know, these products that we have available, you know, are mega grows. All these things that keep us sustainable and efficient, you know, the words we're supposed to use. And those things, just to understand, we gotta put them in the fertility budget. They need to come out of the fertility budget, not just say, okay, I'm gonna spend $80 on MP and K. Now I gotta add all this to it. Well, I'm, I can't, use these products because i got pull your mp and k back to 60 dollars and then pile these in and watch your yields go uh by the way i like the uh, we've said it a number of times on the on our recordings here that uh if it wasn't npk it was snake oil we've learned obviously working with all kinds of business partners using new stuff but those are biologicals let's go back to the chemistry part of this 
I've attested that, uh, and I don't have your experience, Evans, but I was a DuPont intern uh, 30 some odd years ago, (laughs) that we used to throw chemistry at everything, you know, chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. And we've gotten smarter about this, that, you know, we used to think the answer was chemistry. And now we're going the route of biology, uh, which is good. Eventually, I think we're going to figure out that it's the right ratio of both of these things and then better understanding the soil. But uh, what's, the, what's the one thing that's still missing on, the, on my prediction? What, what do we still not know? Uh, ooh, ooh, pick me. <laughs> what do we still not know, Chad? What I'll we tell you know? what we can't do. You cannot fix the American farmer. <laughs> Mike says yeah. he's... You know, uh, th- th- we have, they have, le- you know, you can lead him to water, but you can't make him drink. Uh, so well, now go I, ahead, Mike. You can- yeah, I'll be the counter to that too. I think there's that side of it. And then there's also the, the retail organization or chain across the country that is a limiting factor at times too. I mean, depending on where you're doing business at, I've ran into a few guys that wanted to try a few products and they're just either they can't do it or they don't want to mess with it or whatnot so there there's multiple barriers barriers to entry on this stuff and uh you know yeah, it, well, because they can't you know kelly famously 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 said uh, <laughs> a long time ago when we talk about him selling carbon credits and putting more carbon in the soil he said nobody in the entire ag retail complex talks to you about getting more carbon in your soil and how that helps again your ratios he says, you know why they can't sell you carbon? And I thought, well, okay, he's he's kind of uh, going after the the people, but it's true. Uh, so I mean, there's there's stuff that maybe we're not we're missing still, but it's because the manufacturers and the retailers can't make money on it. Uh, and and two people are scared. I mean, people don't want to talk. You don't want to talk about something. I mean, we all jokingly thirty minutes ago in this podcast said, man, we can do this thing in fifteen or twenty minutes. And no one's going to think about it. <laughs> You know, and, and, and it's to that point, you know, we're all scared to death to talk about something because heaven forbid, you know, we have some very good guys in retail. My guys around here, I mean, it's just, you know, guys that are mm-hmm. thought of theirs trying to help you like Evans and, and really trying to help. And, and they don't want to steer a farmer the wrong way over fifteen or $20,000. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and, 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 and it's a delicate situation. Yep. All right, so we'll talk about cations, anions, untying nutrition. I don't know if we talked about cations and anions at all. I don't know. We had a good time. Yeah, the first anyway. five minutes we did. All right. <laughs> get me out of here, Mike Evans. What do I need to know? What's the last? What's your, you get the parting shot. Um, you know what he hasn't for- done, Chad? Usually what Evans does, he's brilliant about this, especially when you're on site uh, up there in Iowa, which I'm going to be twice next month. He uses a be football. Gone. He uses a football uh, uh, analogy, and he, he's really good. I mean, he is the absolute storyteller. He's like, okay, so imagine this: the quarterback dropped back for a pass. He always does it. He hasn't done any uh, football analogies or any any sports any sports based uh, comparisons. You got a sports based comparison to get us out of here? Put it on us, Mike. Come on, we talk did, about quarterback. Did, I did the parking lot. I did Molly's, I did Molly's parking lot. <laughs> Parking lot, and once once the once the positives and the negatives are all uh, connected, there ain't no place for the the negatives to go. So uh, anyway, you got anything for us? No, I don't on an analogy, but uh, I was just going to go back to something we talked about earlier: is is knowing your soil, knowing what you got, doing the extensive testing on it. I mean, it takes a little bit of time, but I think it's well worth it to understand what you got, and then you can implement practices onto your farm. So, you know, don't be afraid to test. Uh, and if you need help, 
find somebody that's going to help you. I mean, I, I think that's the key to anything. And uh, here's your analogy. Find you a, a good coach to help you make the plays. There you go. There you go, <laughs> Damien. You, you knew you could get, you knew you'd get to it, Chad. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm, I'm right on Mike. You know, um, uh, there's a lot of barriers here, whether it be fathers to sons taking over and not being able to do that. Um, we see that barrier all the time here at Extreme Ag, you know. And then the next the next thing would be um, the way that – you know what? Just lost my train of thought. Just poof, right out the window. Uh, but, <laughs> um, you know, I ain't got a clue. You know what? I ain't got a clue. I had all it, right. too. I mean, I had a good one when Mike was talking about that. I was like, yes, that will work. Yep, you know, it went outside. And now we're talking about, like, I looked out the window and seen the corn. I'm like, man, I need to be wide dropping. All right, I'll give my big takeaway. Uh, I think it'd be foolish to sit here and say that you don't need fertility or fertilizer products. But mm. the, real, the reality, I think, is we've talked about this again, uh, you know, a couple times, that the untimely nutrition or the balance, the fact that what we know now uh, that we didn't know a long while back was that if you don't have it in an available form or at the right time or that your your chemistry is working, you know, with you versus against you, that's, I think, the big takeaway. And this is why you pay attention to what we're doing here. We'll go out there and look at that stuff like what, uh, you know, Mike talked about that it used to be you thought this was just a terrible piece of ground and maybe it was but maybe the problem was the chemistry was never right and what if you could rectify that and you know there's some real opportunity there you can take b b grade ground c grade ground and maybe just by getting your chemistry right and i'm talking about not applying herbicide i'm talking chemistry as in what's happening in that soil i think that's where the big takeaway is here you can take some some poor ground and maybe turn it so that's mm -hmm. that that was what I was gonna get at. I was gonna get at don't be don't be afraid to keep being a student. You know, us as farmers, when you get twenty or twenty-five or thirty years in or thirty crops in, you feel like there's nothing left to offer. But this is this is the part that we're learning now is I've learned so much in the last five or six years from all the guys that we've been around. And it's and it's opened my eyes to not to becoming a better student of the crop. You know, and I think the older we get, the more the student part needs to kick in. You know, it may be reverse of what it should be, you know, because then you know better or you're looking at it. And if you can't find somebody to help you, keep going. Because at Extreme Ag, it took us, we're all 300 miles apart to get together. So you can keep going. We will find you somebody to, to help you. I like that, by the way. My 76-year-old farmer neighbor was down here drinking beer with me the other night. And he was, uh, he's, he sometimes thinks he knows a lot uh, because he, he did know it. And he referenced something that uh, was farming fact in 1990. <laughs> so, and I, I was going to quibble with him. And I thought, there's really no use. He's, uh, he's going to be a listener to what we're doing here. He's not going to change. And unfortunately, if you're listening to this, you know a person just like I described. It's like, well, we prove we we sell that argument way back when. I said, yeah, we settled it for the time, and also we've discovered about 16 new things since then that have made it better. So anyway, that's why you're listening to this. If you want to listen to more stuff and not be like the 76 uh, year old guy who uh, still thinks it's 1990 share these with your friends and listen to everything we have. We've recorded almost 200 of these Cutting the Curve podcasts. We've recorded videos at places like Chad's Field Day. And we're going to be at a field day June 22 uh, up where Mike Evans works. That's an area in Iowa at Garrett Land and Cattle. We have field days. We have webinars. If you're a 
paying member, you can be part of our webinar the first Thursday of every month. And I'll tell you what, we also do panel discussions at various events around the country. So you know what? Stay tuned to more great stuff. Share this with somebody that can benefit from it. And you know what? Go and listen to anything you haven't heard because there's so much cool stuff. His name is Chad Henderson, Madison, Alabama. His name is Mike Evans uh, at Integrated Ag Solutions up there in partnership with Garrett Lane and Catalyst, Kelly. And my name is Damian Mace. Until next time, thanks for being here. It's Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. Thanks for listening to another edition of Cutting the Curve. For more insights and information that you can apply to your farming operation, visit ExtremeAg.farm. Are your crops stressed out? Ag Explorer has you covered with a full line of products designed to reduce crop stress and improve yields. Check out agexplore.com and start protecting your yields and profits.